0: Swag is that, is that, is that bow tie? And
1: welcome to another episode of the Sartorial and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style. The man, the voice, the fragrance coming at you again. And first and foremost, I want to thank you for continuing to join me every single week as we go on this slightly sartorial and slightly geeky journey. Second of all, I want to shout out the gentleman at the board of directors. They had me on their podcast this week and I had a wonderful time doing. Uh, Joining them, just talking about, of course, fragrances, life, disappointments, and just, you know, defining and establishing what it is to be a man growing up in this world today. And you can find that podcast amongst many others that they've done. I believe that was episode 140 at BOD Speaks dot com forward slash podcast and that will be in the show notes now i would be remiss if i didn't start off talking about the download now june is over it is now july it's hard to believe that half of 2021 is already over well for this download i ended up downloading a classic and of course in this case it's going to be exclusive to the xbox platforms i'm not biased it's just a system that i own so a lot of the good deals and the good games i end up playing and trying out are because of the xbox platform now this one is a classic to many even if you don't know xbox and this is conquer in this very case it is Conquer Live and Uncut the updated upscaled port of Conquer's Bad Further that was initially released on the OG Xbox after Rare was purchased by Microsoft. If I remember correctly, the two games that came out from that purchase were Grabbed by the Ghoulies and Conquer Live and Uncut. And one of the selling points of the game at that time was its multiplayer form or component which now unfortunately does not exist it was one of the uh, showcases of the Xbox Live service back in the day but it was released or I should say given away as part of July's Xbox Games with Gold and it's amazing because I've never played this version of the game. My only experience with the game is the N64 version, which is found on the uh, Rare Replay, which I own. Frankly, I didn't enjoy it that much. I, especially in today's age with games, a lot of the old school controls just don't really work well when you're used to playing a game a certain way and also I'm not a graphics snob but it was just something about the graphics when playing it was I enjoyed it but it was just something about it that I just didn't like and everything was a little muddled together and I remember this was in 64 days so I'm not hating it because of that because that was the best of the best at that time but when you look at something almost what, 20 years later now it uh, it definitely doesn't hold up too well graphically in my opinion when you're looking at but upon booting up the Conquer live and uncut it's amazing how much better one generation really made when it came to conquer. Now I know that, and I believe that it's upscaled somewhat for the Xbox One, but still, it is a beautiful game by those standards. It just it still holds up today. I wish it was widescreen, but because it's an Xbox game, I think it's uh, the ratios four by three. So it's not a widescreen game and the loading screens are a bit of a pain in the behind. But I do have to remember when this game was initially or initially published. So it's one of those things where I really am amazed and was amazed by the game. And more importantly, just playing through it a little bit of time that I have. uh, Definitely the rework controls work so much better. But more importantly, it's just a beautiful game to look at and to play, especially when compared to the original. It's really cool being able to play the live and uncut version compared to playing the initial n64 version on the rare replay cartridge or disc or digital download, whatever you may have at this point in time. So it's just really cool to play. And again, being it is an Xbox game with gold, it is free, but even if you don't score it on Xbox game with gold, it is currently only $9.99. And I will tell you, it is truly amazing how nice this original xbox game looks on my case on the xbox one and i'm not sure if they upscale even more for the new current systems but it is just such a cool thing to see uh, the fidelity of these games being preserved and even heightened as you go through generations so that is my pick conquer live and uncut on the xbox series of platforms so in this case with it being an Xbox, uh, OG Xbox game. That means you can play it on your Xbox, your Xbox 360, your Xbox One, your Xbox One X your Xbox Series X and your Xbox Series S So if you have an Xbox regardless and when it came out, you can play it on that system. So that's my gaming download for this week. Now let's get into episode 4 of Loki. Now if you listened last week, you know that I really did not like episode 3 I thought it was boring it it was just it was not a good episode uh, of any Marvel series especially Loki and the sort of high hopes that I had for it well they say once you hit rock bottom you can only go up from there and let me tell you episode 4 the Nexus event definitely went way way up compared to Uh, episode three and I forget the name of episode three at the moment clearly it wasn't and isn't that important to it so you had a lot of revelations here you had a lot of those seeds that were uh, planted in episode three I'd say it was revelations in episode three of the oh if you have not watched any of Loki spoilers ahead so fast forward to the next segment of the show before I go further further. And 5, four, three, two, 1. So, yeah. So, all of the workers at the TVA are actually variants, and they've been mind-wiped. So, they believe they were created by the timekeepers that they really weren't. So, that's interesting. So, I wanted to see once that revelation came out in episode 3 how it's going to play out in episode 4. And Lord knows it did. Uh, and of all people for the person that started questioning everything was... I was B15 or C15, whatever her name is, for ha- her to go to Sylvie to have Sylvie reveal to her what was really going on because that enchantment in that enchantment that Sylvie did in episode two did something to her to reawaken her memories. And then, even with the revelation of Morbius starting to question things. That was really awesome. So you can see that house of cards start to fall. I thought it was really great. And I'm really interested. Especially with the revelation of episode 5. Excuse me, episode 4. What's going to happen in episode 5? Because, uh, let's see. It was just shocking, this episode. The fact that uh, Mobius was, was pruned. And that was, I didn't see that coming. Also, the fact that loki was pruned and i'll get to that in a minute that was i didn't see that coming either but more importantly the fact that the timekeepers were revealed at least the timekeepers th- that their lore is based on was revealed really to be nothing more than three intergalactic versions of a Chuck E. cheese show yes they were androids robots what have you once you actually got to see them that means someone else is really pulling the strings the question is who Uh, many theories that I'll probably see going around they're going to talk about Kang the Conqueror or some sort of relation to him which I'm pretty sure that's going to happen especially as you set up the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe going forward however one of the things that really bothered me is that I forget um, the main judge's character's name but she clearly knows something she clearly is in like it was revealed to her and she likes the way it is and she wants to keep going forward. But that's the sort of attitude in her, and what her actions really dictate. Especially as she's fighting Sylvie. And when she prunes Loki. So that's going to be interesting. What sort of revelations come from her as Sylvie by the end of episode 4. Is capture her and not prune her. But taking her to basically tell her what's going on. And why things are the way they are. But then Loki got pruned. But he woke up. Stay for the end credit scene if you ever watch watched it. And another place or realm with a bunch of other Loki variants. And there's a kid Loki, there is a Loki, older Loki dressed in the sort of uh, classic golden age Loki outfit. And then there was a uh, black Loki with a makeshift ham of Thor. And I was watching, I believe there was a version of Loki who became worthy of Morynnear. So, I think that's probably that Thor. And there's something going on in this world. It looks like a chaotic, uh, destroyed version of New York from Avengers. So, I'm interested to see what happens. But it also makes me question, okay, if Loki was pruned and he ends up there, what happens to everyone else that's pruned? Will we see Mobius again? That is, that is my question. There's so many questions to be answered. And there are only two episodes left of loki loki started good hit that valley or that low point, and now it's coming back up again so i'm really hoping for a very exciting uh breakneck case uh to the last two episodes as they come out and then then we will be ready for i think scarlet witch will be out the same week as the last episode of loki not that there's any sort of relation between the two or connection between the two but the fact that that marvel machine continues to go and then i believe after scarlet which we have to we'll, we'll have shang chi in august and then eternals in november and then spider-man in december so we have a packed rest of 2021 uh for marvel and i I'm not sure if any other series comes out this year. If so, then probably Hawkeye, because I know that is finished wrapping. So, if any series comes out this year, it'll be Hawkeye. I got to check back on that for you guys. So, that's Loki for this week. Can't wait till next week. And if you have listened to this podcast before, you know Milestone has returned. Yes, 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 yes. So, we talked about Milestone Return Zero a few weeks ago. Well,. The OG, not really OG, but the most prominent character in the milestone universe has made his triumphant return to a milestone book. And yes, that is static. It is not static shock. It is simply static. Static Season 1 has dropped from Milestone Media and you'll find Episode 1 Trial by Fire written by Vita Ayala layouts by Chris Cross finishes in color by Nicholas Draper Ivy and letters by Ann Warren Designs Now I will say that Static was not my first choice to come back from Milestone. I think I've said before that Static wasn't my favorite character in the original run of Milestone. It's not a character whose book I really purchased either. Uh, My favorites were uh, Hardware, Icon, and Blood Syndicate. And then eventually I got a little bit into Static, but also more so into... Uh, toward the end of the run Shadow Cabinet and Zombies so those were really my favorites so Static I always appreciate the character but the, the character was not and still really isn't my favorite uh, and then you had that DC series a few years ago Static Shock which integrated Static into the DC universe I didn't really feel that at all and uh, I know it sound, may sound blasphemous but I never got into the Static Shock cartoon uh, that was Guess I was too old in some respects, and not so much I didn't enjoy cartoons, but my time was not what it was when I was younger. So, uh, Static Shock just came on at a period of time where Saturday car- morning cartoons were not something I prioritized in my life. Nevertheless. Uh, the book itself is gorgeous. I love Chris Cross's art, always have. That was one of my appeals for the book in purchasing the book, outside of the fact that I'm buying every single Milestone title that comes out just because Milestone is back and I'm supporting. However, uh, Chris Cross is one of the OG. Uh, milestone artist I fell in love with his art and his art style when he did his run of blood syndicate back in the day and it's always so vibrant and animated and he always did such a good job conveying mood in action and even though he's doing the layouts with nicholas draper ivy doing the finishes and the colors uh it's his style but it's it's a nice mix between the two Uh, i i think it's beautiful the color also is just really awesome Uh, i think also just from a price point there's been many issues with the price of comics going up nowadays this is a five dollar premium book with the uh, pages and it's coding and then the cover I feel like I'm paying like I paid my $499 or I got my $499 worth uh, for this. So I will say that there are other books that I've purchased and seen over the years that are certainly not worth that $4.99 point. This is definitely one of them. I will say that I've seen a lot of flack over the past few months since the issuing of Milestone Return Zero. That people are talking about how they're making Static political because he ended up getting gassed. The Big Bang happened at a Black Lives Matter To those people, have you never read a Milestone comic before? I don't know what comic book company you think or what series of writers you think you're talking about. Milestone has always been political from its inception back in the 90s. That's what it was about because there was a voice of minority, minority populations, minority issues, which are always political in the United States of America that were not being addressed in mainstream comics. So for those of you who say that, oh, statics getting political is not my static, you clearly never read a milestone comic. And furthermore, I never really watched the show. But I know static, to, stock, excuse me, static shock the show dealt with political issues, dealt with race. Come on, you had Virgil, who is in love with Frida, who's a white girl. Come on now. That right there, as a basis for the show and its characters, there are, I don't get why people are talking about oh it's political oh is this oh is that like this is milestone has always been milestone it always will be milestone so stop to BS with that one uh, the story itself is a very good straightforward uh introduction of static to old and new readers alike uh hot streak of course is back as one of his main on this in this case issue one is main nemesis And it's just really interesting seeing Virgil as a teenager in 2021 compared to a teenager in the early 90s. Uh, There's a lot the same and there's a lot that's different. But I'm interested to see how really this uh, series plays out. And I believe it's only a six-issue series. I think all of the milestone books are a six-issue limited series. So it was short, in my opinion. But that's only because it was so good that I wanted more. So I was a bit disappointed when we got to the end. Uh, But, you know, Static, number one, season one. Pick it up if you haven't read it already. Oh, and one of the things that I loved about this book, outside of the art, outside of the story, is that they did a very special dedication to John Paul Leon. John Paul Leon is or was an absolutely phenomenal comic book artist who i believe static was his first major book back in the 90s he defined him along with uh, dennis cohen really defined the look of spit static and i don't remember how many issues of static he drew he drew at least the first 25 if not more of that and he went on to write and draw a lot of things most prominently he if i remember correctly he did some marvel work the most prominent of which is uh, that i remember is earth x uh the trade paperback series that came out a few years ago uh his art style was unique and one of a kind and he passed away earlier this year he was fairly young i I want to say he was in his 40s so he's about my age if i remember correctly maybe a little bit older but i believe he passed away of cancer so as far as the comic world is concerned it was it was a great loss he he was a phenomenal artist i never met the man personally i only was an admirer from afar of his artwork and just the things he did with a pencil and how he was able to convey a story uh, with his art and his art was not conventional his art in my opinion was very abstract uh, in in his delivery and that was so much part of what set him apart and made him unique and also really defined static for a generation because a lot of what he did artistically was translated through statics many interpretations over the years um afterwards so I love that, and I love the fact that Milestone did something like that in Static Number One. So that's Static Number One, and now, of course, we are here for the fragrance of the week. And with the fragrance of the week, I'm gonna dip back into the pot of fragrances that I have talked about before but I've never given this one its spotlight and this one right now is Ermine King by Authenticity Parfums now I talked about the entire line about September of last year and I wanted to give this one a spotlight one because I'm wearing it today and two it deserves a spotlight for the summertime Authenticity Parfums just their their line is just really phenomenal uh, they are great quality Every single one that I've tried lasts 8 to 12 hours, and they just smell absolutely great. And Urban King is no different. You're going to find top notes of bergamot, grapefruit, and sweet orange. So you're going to have a very nice, a very pleasant citrusy opening, but not too sharp. With the middle, you're going to have jasmine, lavender, vetiver, and ginger. So you get the spices. But also, and this is what I love the lavender. When I get good lavender, I always have to compare it to Zahar of Sanctuary for home because it's a smooth calming lavender but then you get that little grassiness of the ginger excuse me of the vetiver and then the spiciness of the ginger with that jasmine it really works well and then on the base you, you get that talk bean, being that musk that sandalwood so you get that soft manliness that oomph at the end of it and I really love it I'm like I'm wearing it today I've been wearing it for it's been about 11 hours now and it's still going strong it is a great summertime fragrance it's one of the things i like about authenticity perfumes a lot of their fragrances in their line really can work all year round. like this is one i can wear all year round in the winter i might overspray just a little bit but with this opening it really works well for the spring and the summer uh this is definitely one i would wear in the heat uh, i love how the jasmine really um not jasmine but the jasmine and the lavender but the lavender specifically really gets a highlight in the heat and i notice that as well with zahara um anytime i wear a fragrance with that a really nice lavender middle note in the heat at that that smell and the way it emanates it's just it's just really beautiful so i definitely recommend urban king by authenticity Now, this is going to be the end of this episode of the podcast. Again, thank you for rocking me again one more week. You can find us on the web at WebsterStyle.com. Find us on Twitter at WebsterStyle. Find us on Instagram at WebsterStyle or at SartoriumGeek. And remember, questions, comments, fragrances, anything you make your heart's desire, within reason, of course. You can always shoot us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much again for your time. And remember, be safe out there.
0: it Now it was tree green Tuesday. Had to be bow Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot? You didn't right, it. Miss on them heels, killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bow tie, Thursday, pasta, cream, in your heels looking sharp. acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed on the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fifth for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Now you got the floor. Ras that you purchase, pick a code scheme that can make some very Very cream, we make a little scene. Cause, Cause no one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor pile. And No one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them scenes. Cause no one man should have all that styling. Take it off, clothes on the floor pile and no one girl should fit it all in them jeans. So take it up and let me see what's under them. Let's see what it seems. If it is what it seems, do it again. Chicks be looking thick leggings, you know what I mean? I don't know. Take a hint though, don't try to get me at a moment. Moment no oh. though, smoking hot, rocking this pencil oh. thin. Tie hair line, looking like a stencil. So oh. pen, no lie of shopping in the U-turn. So thin, stroke, mento, plain dang, homie. I was hoping we could walk out with that bang bang, honey. See them plain James honey, Them James James. Friends plain friends funny. We tailor fitted crazy like that thing came on me. Hey, me. Hey, look a lady main thing, want me on the scene. Fit popping like a main vein, running blood color, lips smashing with the hand, Clutch money holding back. Kind of funny, can you tell me what's the project like of the Range Rover? Hang on me, when we walkin', lookin' good, like that thing sprayed on me I'm Walkin' with a limp like an ankle sprained on me Yeah, I rocked the cardigan, she don't really want me Because one man should have all that style on the floor pal and the one girl should fit it all in them jeans so take it up and let me see what's under them scenes oh you wanted to oh I completely read that wrong